So, hello and welcome. My name's Steve Nabell, and today I'm speaking with Ellen um, Deer of the Morning Star on her book, Silver Wheel. And uh, Ellen is a shamanic author, healer, teacher, inspirational speaker. Through many years of initiation by the earth and by the stars, she's come to embody the wisdom of her soul and a connection to the elven ones of Lemuria and the star elders. Uh, her book, Silver Wheel, The Lost Teachings of the Deerskin Book, contains teachings from the elven ones of Lemuria for the golden dawn of a new earth. And it powerfully reconnects us to an ancient and beautiful way of being. And um, Ellen's website is ellentompkins.com. And that will be a link going out with this podcast. So, Ellen, hello. Hello, Steve. Hello. Can I ask you, I mean, it's a, a beautiful book. Uh, I've been reading it. Very amazing, poetic, really connecting me to, to these kind of elven races. But before I get into that, I want to ask um, about your journey, because you've had a bit of a journey living in Wales and traveling the world. Can you say something about how, you, how this journey kind of informed your work? Yes. Well, um, I did have a very um, conventional upbringing and... Um, and my um, my journey really was a um, began with a with a shutting down, um, and as with so many of us. Um, and I recently worked with this over in bulk. Actually, I had this extraordinary journey um, back to a place in Dorset. It's a boarding school I was sent to when I was um, seven years old, and I arrived there. And I've I've worked with this before, but it was really. Um, going deeper with it as we do than ever before and um and i arrived at this boarding school and really felt that um entry of my own consciousness into that um really three-dimensional matrix um of reality and and a huge shutting down um which um really persisted until i was in my uh very very early 20s maybe late teens and um and i was i pursued my my dreams as i thought they were my dreams of um studying classics so latin and ancient greek at oxford and this for me was um the most beautiful um noble dream i could possibly imagine um and a dream of an academic life um and it was really following in the footsteps of my father and grandfather and so forth mm. and um and during my my early time there um walking through the the christchurch meadows beautiful meadows it was the spring i think and um there was an old lady sitting on a bench and i was um i was walking along with a group of friends and i was wearing a, a bright yellow dress and she called out and she said um she loved the color of my dress and she said come over and um i want to show you something so i came over and sat next to her and um she was she was all dressed in green she had a green hat and a green coat and an eastern european accent and she um she had these beautiful beautiful deep sparkling brown eyes mm. and across her knee were laid all these pieces of paper and there were drawings on them they were just very very simple sketches but they were all of the trees and the birds and she looked at me and she said uh, the trees and the birds and my friends they speak to me mm. and the transmission through her being of this joy and this simplicity and this communion with the natural realms it suddenly made real for me something that until that point had only existed as a kind of romantic um, fantasy, something that I had certainly been conditioned to believe wasn't possible as a, as a, as a normal state of human being. Um, and it was really very revelatory. It was like this whole beautiful web of dreams I'd woven around myself, um, really constructed out of everything from my upbringing that I found most beautiful. Um, and 
it it just it just suddenly felt incredibly brittle and unreal and I knew that it didn't reflect um, my heart truly um, and there was um, I think a night of great illumination and actually seeing the um, the spirit of my grandfather and really really releasing um, and saying farewell to that dream and and shortly afterwards I left and I gave up my place at Oxford and mm. um, and headed over the hills to Wales mm. um, and this was my dream I just wanted to return to the simplicity of being with the earth and being in that state of mystical connection with her um, what I found when I got there was that um, even settled in this beautiful cottage with a little orchard and running stream and um, exquisite, um, really, really amazing landscape around me, um, I still felt enormously disconnected. It was it was very, very painful. It was like there was all this beauty around me, but within I just felt, felt this tremendous um, heart-wrenching emptiness and anxiety um, all the time. So I couldn't access that peace that I'd seen in this, this, this beautiful um, old woman. Um, it was actually very um, elusive. And that really um, initiated this this huge healing journey, whereby really beautifully timed soul encounters, um, I did meet with um, people really carrying this wisdom of of reconnection to ourselves and to the earth, and um, underwent um, deep healing and shamanic um, initiations gradually, which which dissolved this very, very um, brittle shell of fear um, and really was um, years of, it was the, really a soul retrieval of starting to embody my soul energy again, which was, was way out, really was um, a long way distant at that stage. Mm. And it actually brought me back. Eventually, there was a pivotal moment of, of restoration when I remembered the small girl I'd been before I went to boarding school um, and living in London, actually, so not a wildly natural place. But I remember having a very, very deep mystical connection with the stars at night, um, merging with the lights of the city. So it was though the, the sky and the, the city were all one mm. and singing these deep prayers and songs um, with this sense of this soul that was so ancient and full of this this sort of sorrow and joy that was all one and this deep deep knowing that made no sense in the heart of a, a small girl as far as I was aware of reality mm. um, but it was very powerful and it was like that dreamer of the stars once she reawoke within me once I reconnected with her then suddenly that 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 I had been longing for, um, the shining realms of the earth, of that interconnection all awoke around me. Um, and I really started, to begin with, it was really reconnecting with the elemental and fairy realms and just the sheer joy of walking um, the land in this state of communion um, and listening to all these subtle and beautiful voices that started speaking to me. Mm. Um, so that was, yes, that's that was really the, um, the beginning um, part of uh, part of the story um and I, I i actually completed a degree in the end in in english literature and creative writing during my time in wales and started writing this thesis which was um i called arwen the reenchanting of the land um because i just had such a deep feeling that the earth that we see and the land that we see um isn't actually her essence like there's this there is this this enchanted, beautiful essence lying beneath um, the, the the landscape that humanity has created in this last aeon, and 
I felt this incredibly deep calling to express that. Mm. Um, and I did that through, um, I started learning to play the harp and the frequencies and the music of the harp um, really consistently connected me into that. And also the um, listening to the crystals, which I, um, there was a place in where you could with a twig just dig them, these clear quartz crystals out of the ground in Wales. Mm. And then also um, reading the Mabinogi on the ancient tales of Wales. And I was really drawn to the names, these beautiful Welsh names. Um, I was also studying the Welsh language a little bit at the time. And so somewhere between that, as I walked the land, as um, I listened to the crystals, as I, as I listened and spoke the frequencies of the Welsh language and the old tales, um, and then the music of the harp, all started carrying me into these deeper, into these sort of ethereal realms of the soul, of the earth. Um, and there was really a sense of wanting to dive beyond any fairy tale or myth that we have about them, just feeling there was this pure energetic light, light essence that lay somewhere way, way deeper, um, mm. that was longing, there was this sort of longing that was both within my heart and within that essence to emerge um, more fully, to step out of um, invisibility, like a deep, deep cloak of invisibility had been thrown over it. Mm. Um, so that was the beginning of my process of discovering Silver Wheel, but what it really involved was a letting go of every single concept about what I might be seeking. I couldn't really find it in any um, book about any fairy tale or mythology. Um, it was really listening to the pure vibrational um, essence. And over time, that led me deeper into the forest and listening to the trees and the waters. And I really began receiving these visions of the shining ones. And they seem to morph across this line of being pure beings of light and also then appearing as very much the images that we receive of the more um, elven, goddess-like um, forms and then into um, also sometimes morphing into the almost like medicine women, um, sort of more Native American appearance. And I couldn't, it was, it was almost confusing because I couldn't resolve it into one story. I wasn't sure what story I was tracking, what I was in. Was it part of um, recovering the beautiful indigenous heritage of our lands that was stored within the earth? Or was it um, connecting to the, the lost goddesses? Was it, that, was it part of that restoration of the divine feminine? Was it... Um, or was it something something else? What was this sort of pure light form that I was seeing? And I didn't have any concept around Lemuria, um, but I just had this massive resonance in my heart to that to those beings and that um, that layer of vibration within the earth that became just more and more vivid and apparent. Um, and through my shamanic work, it really felt increasingly through through the drum and very spontaneous, intuitive um, creation of ceremony and and ritual, that, which is the way I've been trained. Um, it's not not hugely formulaic. It's very very spontaneous. And but I, the sensation that I was also unlocking that spectrum within the earth mm. that somehow i was unlocking the seals between the dimensions and um that wherever i went um these portals which were really already there um but just that somehow through my my soul essence was also working to unlock and bring them more into this dimension that they were stepping through always stepping through so for many years it was just recording this intense 
beauty of these visions that I was receiving mm. um, of this strata within the earth. Because mm. so in my own, that um, was, yeah. I, I, t I mentioned before that we, we were chatting that I've been very interested in this subject and I, I remember reading in Ireland they said that the um, fairy races they had a very beautiful way of putting it stepped sideways and disappeared into the light that was the irish uh, way of doing it oh and, beautiful and then in hawaii oh they had another one and a whole story about the the fairy races just one night decided they didn't want to intermingle with the humanity anymore and they disappeared from this dimension because I, I heard you saying unlocking yes. the seals and um, it does seem to me like that that there is a kind of returning of these of this where there's been a split mm. for so long these seals are being broken released and there's a returning what do you what, what have you found with the shining ones in terms of lemuria i know your book talks about their history of, I think, of lemuria what have you uncovered about them so far i mean it's obviously an ongoing uh, journey isn't it it's really is an ongoing journey um and because um everything comes through my own process of of, of unveiling within my own being um so what what I feel um, at this time, and I'm sure there's so much more to be revealed, is um, they really, um, <clears throat> there's, this, um, there's this beautiful phrase I came across recently, actually, um, the Amenti races. So really those, um, those original races that hold the beautiful um, first blueprint of the earth, her divine blueprint, really keepers of her sacred dream. Yeah. And the elven ones are very much of this lineage. I mean, they've been so long interwoven with the earth and the distinguishing feature of them, the characteristic, is this profound and extraordinary love for the earth and the vision of all that she can become. Mm. They really hold a vision of her as an emerald temple um, and they came from other stars, other galaxies, my senses of many points of origin, um, but they were really as though they were the original, in other star realms, in other dimensions, the dream of the earth was woven and created and then brought together here. Mm. Um, and they're, they're really part of that original creation. And their deepest care is to preserve that purity, to keep ourselves in alignment with that original dream and our original reason for coming here. And one of the, the ones I that comes up with a great depth of feeling is that um, what's been forgotten in so many of our spiritual traditions is that what a gift it is to arrive on earth. It's not just a school of hard knocks or mm. um, somewhere to, for the soul to learn all these difficult things so then it can transcend and go to another place. It's really a beautiful, beautiful gift. Um, and there's a kind of passion in the in the elven soul it feels um, to transmit that um, and to transmit that memory and that knowing um, to us at a cellular level at a really pure cellular level um, so that and with the elven ones their real gift the, the image I see again and again is of an elven one standing there and their palm of their hand outstretched and a flower just just blossoming forth just manifesting mm. out of pure light in their hand but into form so they stand at that very pure threshold of creation where where spirit becomes matter wow beautiful now i know there are a number of teachings in your book the silver wheel and one i'm just going to read out the first one if you don't mind 
There are those who will become keystones of the new earth. Their energy bodies will alter. They will shine. They will become the new earth. They will receive the initiations they need for this reconfiguration. This choice is animated by exceptional love for the earth. Can you say something about this um, process we're going in, this new earth and this kind of initiation for um, this reconfiguration? Yes, yes. Well, um, when I received this teaching, I was... Um, I was kind of amazed in a way because my my consciousness had been really about um, unlocking and bringing through what was ancient and the sense of this this new earth, which was actually when I received it a phrase that was unfamiliar to me and I didn't I I struggled in some ways with 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 what that meant um, and yet now over the process of having received that teaching that's becoming more and more real the experience of that what it points to is something deeply specific and real and what I saw um, when I was first shown the new earth was that um, the blueprint of the earth her her higher dimensional um, ascended star realms it, it was it was floating out almost as though in space as a separate sphere separate from the earth mm. um, and this was prior to 2012 that I saw this and um, and really the vision of this this returning and fusing and anchoring back in and until that time I hadn't had a concept of that the soul of the earth being separate but as the elven ones teach us this is the time of the dissolving of the veils um, and yes there's beautiful stories of when the elven ones actually towards the time at the end of Lemuria and the, t the end of the golden time of Atlantis that the veils descended the mists descended they descended they went back into the earth or they went over into other dimensions and what we're going through now is really the reversal of that process and it's happening within the earth it's happening with the shining ones returning into presence all around us and it's happening within ourselves within our own bodies mm. um, and it's this beautiful beautiful metamorphosis and unlocking um, into presence um, of those really ethereal and otherworldly um, realms of the soul, um, of the earth streams. And this new earth is this re-fusion or re-infusion of that timeless dream into the present. Um, and it's just available as, in a, as, a, as an experience of embodiment such as we haven't known for a very, very long time. And in a sense, the paradigm has been that we, we travel into these otherworldly realms. We go into them, um, we receive gifts and treasure, and then we bring that back here. And that's, in some ways, has been the shamanic paradigm um, of, of soul travel, of journeying into another worldly realm, bringing back the treasure here. And less and less is that becoming the prevailing paradigm. It's it's actually that these ethereal and otherworldly realms are reinfusing back into presence, back through us, back into embodiment, back into immediacy. Um, and we receive these um, as it says there are those of us here to really undergo this process to be forerunners of this process um, and to lay the trail and we dissolve a lot of the resistance in the field for, for others to follow um, so we may go through our own very um, some hard initiations um, 
but we're really prepared and devoted. There's this deep love um, animating this choice to do so. Um, and it's a very beautiful process, very, very intense, but very, very beautiful. Um, and I think for all of us, as we go through the, you know, the, the, the seals, the fears, the, um, the traumas underlying embodying at this level, um, the memories of that being shut off, shut down, um, interference with, um, with that level of embodiment that the huge, in a sense, discouragement came in, um, we're really, really touching on the layers where that's most deeply encoded and, um, and releasing those. And every time we go through those releases, we are freed to a whole new level of wholeness, remembrance, and it's incredibly beautiful. Um, so that's the that's the process where I'm going. And in the Deerskin teachings, it really refers to the fact that this is a process we're undergoing with the earth. And it's our times in nature, um, through being with her, we undergo these incredible unlockings and um, processes of remembrance. So she awakens us, and in turn, we're awakening her. As we're awakened to new levels of embodiment, we also find ourselves places and unlocking them so it's very reciprocal this beautiful reciprocal dance lovely well i'm i'm uh, this book is packed with gorgeous poetry i mean ellen you're a totally poetic soul i'm going to read one out if you don't mind um <coughs> yes. the white tree is turning gold swan feathers descend cross over a cloak old daughter lost a moth holds ritual in the forest of tears lost chalices gather of amethyst amber topaz her white hands seek amber the ancestry of bears too far from afar it is here an old love becomes older now the book is mm -hmm. packed with these kind of um poems which i feel are actually connecting us to something you know it's not just the words it's, it's, it's an energy transmission mm -hmm. coming through this poetry um did you realize that or or is it something that just happened to, to you no, I, I was I was very conscious of that. Part of my um my real passion was for this sense of immediacy and direct vibrational communication. I didn't want to be talking about it. I wanted it to be speaking itself. Mm. So I never nothing that's in there um, was ever recorded um, without it coming from that place. That it literally it was very interesting because I was I was listening to an other dimensional language and translating it into the language of this world. And as that happened, it was like the English language had to morph. It had to it had to shift so that it held a direct vibrational template of that yeah. other dimensional language that language of the stars and the other realms that was coming through so i was very conscious of that um in the writing of silver wheel it is meant to be a, a direct transmission and an activation gorgeous gorgeous now i know the book contains a number of glyphs from uh, the ancient lemurian civilization and that you were going to do a transmission of one of those glyphs, the Morning Star, one, which is a glyph of radical hope, a new cycle of creation. So, um, Ellen, um, I'm going to pass over to you f for that. Okay, Steve, thank you. I'll just take a moment to tune in and then I'll bring that through. Tantarity 
tayo. Wingyara tarstanin ng tikyas tantayo. Yan para ti Oster. Anda. Pritak. Nanichi. Onidara. 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 And as I call that through, I really feel that awakening field of remembrance amongst us. Because this pure elemental memory of Lemuria, exists within each of us. A beautiful thread of our awakening into the dawn, a field of inspiration, a way of grace that has existed here before. Embodied and deeply real. Each of us, as we awaken and remember, becomes a morning star of the dawn shining ever brighter and brighter. More deeply, more truly. And that does mean awakening our embodiment to those deep galactic transmissions of spaciousness that are held also within the heart of our earth. And as earth and star come together again, we remember this, that it is all one, heaven and earth, earth and star. And the restoration of the alliance of the star lineages, uh, each carrying our unique gifts, coming into resonance and recognition of one another, and this beautiful recreation and co-creation of the new earth. Blessings and thanks, Tariki. And may the elven ones and the star elders be with each of us. Good night, dear.